0: Welcome to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy, the podcast that empowers you to transform life's challenges into opportunities for personal growth and healthier relationships. We're your hosts, Tim and Ruth Olson, licensed marriage and family therapists and trauma experts.
1: As experienced therapists with backgrounds in addressing trauma and mental health disorders, we believe there is hope and there certainly is healing.
0: We've spent our lives supporting people through the ups and downs, and we want to share these insights with you. Together, we'll unravel the layers of personal growth healing from trauma, and building healthy relationships. Each week, we'll bring you engaging conversations, expert insights, and practical strategies to help you heal from the past, foster healthy communication, and develop enduring love.
1: This podcast is your guide to transforming adversity into triumph, healing wounds and past trauma, gaining wisdom and insight, and creating meaningful, fulfilling connections. So if you're here to heal, to better understand yourself or your relationships, you're in the right place. So sit back, get comfortable,
0: bring your trauma and your drama,
1: and let's start healing. Welcome Welcome to to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. Hey everyone, welcome back to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy podcast. We're so glad that you're here with us today. Our topic today is you can't pour from empty. We're especially excited about today's podcast because we have a special guest. Tim and I first met Lissa in a mastermind program that we did last year, and she is just a wealth of knowledge, and we've stayed in touch, and I am so glad that she's on the podcast today. So here's a little bit about Lissa. Busy is not a disordered schedule or a to-do list. It's a disordered heart. As a midlife woman and entrepreneur, Lissa Figgins has a lot on her plate. She's a wife, empty nest mom, life coach, podcaster, women's ministry leader, mentor, and friend. At one point, life was too busy, and she found herself showing up on the outside, but not fully present. Something had to change because it was affecting her faith, her relationships, her work, her wellness, her home, and ultimately her joy. That's when God showed her the solution to her busyness. Not in her calendar, it was in the heart. Now as a Christian time management coach, priorities protector, and recovering should do list girl, she's the founder of Redeem Her Time Coaching and the host of the Redeem Her Time podcast. This is mission is to inspire and equip busy Christian women solopreneurs to go from busyness to fruitfulness in midlife and in business. And what she loves most is helping women like you discover God really has given you an abundance of time for what you're called to. I cannot wait for you to hear all that Lyssa has to offer. But before we jump into today's podcast, if you haven't already subscribed to our podcast, make sure that you subscribe so that you will be notified every time we drop an episode. And like always, if this podcast blesses you today, please share it with a friend. You never know when this is exactly what someone needs to hear. Okay, so let's jump into today's episode with Lyssa Spiggins. And we're going to be talking about you can't pour from an empty cup. So, Lisa, if you will just introduce yourself, we're excited to have you on the show.
2: Yeah. Oh my goodness, this is like a dream come true. The two of you are in my earbuds every single week, and I love learning from you. And it's fun to like be in the room with you guys and get to share with your audience today. I'm so glad God brought our paths together a few months ago, right? So. My name is Lissa Figgins. It's Melissa without the M-E because it's not about me. I've got a lot on my plate uh, as a woman in midlife. Um, of course, I'm a daughter of God. I'm a wife of almost 30 years to an Army veteran who I'm sure we'll dive into this in a little bit because it's kind of crazy. He's right now as we speak in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, not on an airplane, not on a cruise ship, in a rowboat. So we'll go back there. Um, I am mom to now three out of the nest who live on opposite sides of the country and sometimes leave our country to serve it. I'm companion to three dogs who are filling the space here, right? But really, my heart is to come alongside, no offense, Tim, but especially busy Christian women who are juggling all these things between life and business and serving at church and our community and our families. And, you know, there's just so much happening. And we just always feel like there's never enough time. And there's never enough of us to fit it all in and to get it all done. And so we just stay on the hamster wheel. And I don't believe that's what we're called to be like. And it's certainly not, not makes us very happy, right? To everyone else around us talk about like, you know, family dynamics, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: And you just came off of a workshop of the CEOs don't wait
1: for January 1st, right? I was listening to part of it and it's so incredible. So For those of you who are listening, if you hop over to her podcast, she actually shares all of that. Can you tell us a little bit about that and what you're doing on your podcast and in your community?
2: Yes. So my podcast is called Redeem Her Time. And all of that came from Ephesians 5, 15 through 16, which says, look carefully then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, redeeming the time. And some versions say making the best use of it. And I love this part. Because these are difficult days, like amen to difficult days. And whether it's like difficult because of like the enemy or difficult because of just hard things in relationships or health or just difficult because we just live in a broken, fallen world, right? We have to be wise with how we use our time because I am building a business. I've tended to have these conversations around other people who aren't just juggling life things, but they're also building a business. Whose crazy idea was that, right? You can go work for somebody else and let them have the headaches and you can just go home and not worry about it. But There are some of us like you guys and like me who feel really called to serve others through building a business. And most of us are solopreneurs. So we're out there rowing the boat by ourselves, you know, and really like, okay, when I already don't feel like I have time for folding the laundry and making dinner and, you know, volunteering at church and everything else, how do I also find time to build a business and like actually make it fruitful that produces results? And so that's really my heart is to come in it. And and I come at it from a very different place. There are a lot of business coaches out there, and I don't even call myself per se a business coach. I call myself a time management coach because here's the thing I hear most often. Let me see if you guys can guess, okay? When I ask people, I mostly talk to women, but Tim, you may have the, you know, similar answer. How is life lately? What do you think is the word that I hear most often? Busy. Busy. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Some form of busy, right? Busy, busy, busy. Always busy.
0: Can I do a bonus one? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Here's a bonus one. So busy would be one, but I would say probably a close second is overwhelmed.
2: Oh yeah. Right. If they're even willing to admit that and say that out loud, right. They're thinking in the back of their mind, but they're not saying it because that's going to make me look like I can't handle all the things in my life and right. But yeah. And so this is what's happening. And so I, I don't know about you, but I have tried a lot of planners, a lot of programs and a lot of ours all start Monday or I will start January 1st plans. And guess what? Mm -hmm. My time still was a mess. <laughs> yeah. Like it looked really neat and tidy for a little bit, right? Just like the closet that you clean out. You know, you guys have a bunch of kids at home. So envision like the shoe area, right? I'm just thinking like in your house, what this is got to look like where everybody dumps their shoes and they come in the house. You get everybody's all tinied up. And what happens? Like crap, you nasty. know, like, and, yeah, it, everything goes from order to disorder. It is the law of entropy, that things don't stay right in that perfect place. And the same thing happens with our time, right? We organize, like comes to a new year, we've got uh, our great planners, we've got time blocks, we've got color coded, we've got you know our files, whatever. But guess what? Life happens and we just start reacting <laughs> and uh, then everything's just a mess. And so when I come at time, specifically for people who are building a business, but even if you're not, what I say is kind of a showstopper. And I say this, your busyness is not a calendar or a to-do list problem because everybody thinks and everybody's told by the gurus, if you just organize your calendar or if you just better organize your to-do list, then you won't feel so busy. Yes, well, well it's not true.
0: And, and I think that makes so much sense because I think if you look at it, we literally have all the tools at our disposal to do things in a streamlined fashion. We have all the different ideas on how we can organize things or things that can just make everything go faster and better. But then somehow it still feels like we have less and less time as the days and years go on.
2: So true, right? Because I believe your busyness is really a heart issue. It is not a calendar issue. It's really about what is your heart valuing and what is your heart ordered around? And so, you know, we start telling ourselves there's never enough time and guess what? We have these thoughts on repeat, right? The more we think something, the more we believe it, the more we start feeling that, the more we start acting on it. And that's exactly what our result is. I don't have enough time or there's not enough of me. And so we like take those thoughts captive. We dive into a tool I've created called the STEER belief map. So if you go onto that series last week, we did it every day because like you said, Tim, I can give you great time management tools. Like I teach how to time block. I teach how to create workflows. I teach how to like automate those household tasks and things that need to be done on a recurring basis. But if you pick up those tools with a heart that's believing something that's not true about yourself or your time or your situation or whatever, guess what? It's not gonna work or it's not gonna work for very long. Yeah. So that's why we open the heart first, change things there, get an order on what God says. And then you pick up those tools and watch out world, right? (laughs) Now things are happening.
0: Absolutely. And in psychology, we call this a self-fulfilling prophecy. Just what you're saying. If you say like, I don't have enough time, you believe that's true. And so you actually do things that cause you not to have enough time. But a funny example of this is a lot of times people say, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't respond to your text message because I, I was just so busy. And I think everybody kind of knows that's a little bit of a lie. It wasn't you were too busy. It was just you chose not to take the time to do it right then. And it can be because, like, you didn't have an answer right then. But when you say, I didn't have time, you literally did have time. You just didn't prioritize it in that moment to do it.
2: Exactly. And you know what? And yeah, you're right. And it, it's, it's this thing. I think our greatest wish is to have an extra hour in our day. And yet, number one, God only gave us 24. And if he thought we needed more, he would have. But number two, if you had an extra hour in your day, guaranteed, you would still feel like you didn't have enough time.
0: We would fritter it away. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Because it's really not a time issue. It's really a heart issue.
0: Yeah. Going back to this idea of like this heart issue, this difficulty of the struggle that we have with being able to manage our time better. What are some of the steps you kind of work with people through to help them overcome that heart issue? It's not just like I said, not throwing another planner in front of them or something like that. Like, how do you get to the root of that?
2: Exactly. Well, I love that question. Um, First, it comes with recognition. You know, recognition of what are my thoughts and beliefs. If I'm telling myself I don't have enough time, if I'm telling myself life is busy, if I'm telling myself you know X, Y, Z, like we talked about, it will be that self-fulfilling prophecy. So we we take those thoughts captive and we say, what does God say? Okay, now what if we believe what God says is true is true? Because guess what it is. And then how is that going to change our thoughts, our feelings, our actions, and our results? So we dive into that first. And then the second level of awareness is, what is it that I'm letting decide what matters in my life? And I call them the shuns. We have a lot of shuns around us all day long that are kind of dictating where our time should go. We have obligations. Those are the things I feel like I should do. Okay? They're from inside me. Then we have expectations. Those are like the things that people around me think that I should do. And then we have distractions, which let's just be honest, we live in a really like distracting world with a lot of shiny objects and these devices that follow us around 24-7 that are like an extra appendage and are pinging and dinging and ringing like, you know, all hours of the day and night. And yeah. And so when we are not aware of where our time is going and what our thoughts are about it, then all of these things, it's like by default, our, our time is just going to all these things versus to what really matters. So we first take a look at what am I thinking? Where where are all these random places that time is going? And then we like push pause and say, okay, what is it that really matters right now? And I take women through eight areas of our life: our faith walk, our family relationships, which is really what you guys speak so much to, our friendships, our service, which would include a business if you're doing that or if you're working for someone or a ministry or full-time caretaking of kids or aging parents or you know whatever our stewardship, that's so our finances, our wellness, that's the physical and mental, emotional health, our passions, who has time for fun anymore, who has time for hobbies and enjoyment and you know things like that. And then our dwelling, because especially for women, we spend a lot of time working on things in our home to you know keep things up. And so we start identifying what is it that matters? Not what does the world say matters? Not even what does my best friend say matters, or my mom says matters, or maybe even my husband says matters. What is it that God's called me to in these areas so that I can be intentional about living a life by design and choosing where my time goes versus by default, where I just let everybody else, all the shuns, just kind of you know, keep robbing me of those you know, minutes, hours, days, weeks, months, years.
0: I, I always like to tell my clients that if you don't have a plan for your life, that you will just end up wherever life pushes you. But if you have a plan for your life, instead of life happening to you, you happen to life.
2: Yeah, yeah. And not just looking at the moment right in front of you. And so I time is one of those things that it's hard to really like encapsulate into something that we can like put our fingers on. But I've got these jars of marbles behind me. And I have 100 marbles between the two jars. And the reason I have 100 is because one grandma lived to 102. I had another grandma lived to 98. So I figure I'm splitting the difference. Lord willing, I'm going for 100. Okay? I just turned 50. So I'm halfway. But the one jar holds the years that have already been lived. I have gratitude for those. I can't go back and change anything. There was a lot of hard stuff inside of those years that I didn't have control over or wouldn't have chosen, but God you know, allowed and was part of my story and things like that. So I just have gratitude for that. And the years that are yet to come, I have faith because I don't know what they hold, right? We're in the precipice of a new year. I do not know what next year holds, let alone tomorrow, let alone five minutes from now, right? Like I can't control it. I can't change it. I can't borrow from it and do something. And then I have one marble that sits on my desk and this is like present and this is the only one that I can do something with. And yeah, this is where I don't just leave it to chance or even say, oh, let go, let God, right, whatever. And I am this, you know, inactive participant. I'm an active participant in what I'm doing with my time and not grasping back, not grasping ahead, but saying, how can I be fully present right where I am and be intentional with where my time is going?
0: Now, I think a lot of people, this idea of trying to calculate out how many years they have left can be uncomfortable, but there's a stage of life called integrity versus despair. It's basically at a certain point in your life, you start kind of looking back on your life. And if you felt like you have done enough or you felt like you've accomplished enough of your goals, you look back and you're pleased with your life. But if you look back and then you feel like you really haven't lived up to the things that you wanted to do, then you suffer from feeling regret. And a lot of what happens is people always think, I have more time, I have more time, I have more time, and so then they don't jump on things. But what you're doing is you have this very real representation of how much time you have left, and then it makes you do things more likely right now compared to pushing it or leaving it off to another day because, well, that's going to be one more marble in the next jar, and then that's one year less that I have to work on what I want to do.
2: Yeah. And, you know, I recently got to go speak to some high school students here in our community and talked about their time, right, and kind of their futures and things like that. And I asked them, I said, what word do you want people to use to describe you when you are 100? Told them my 100 story, right? Like, what word? You know, and I heard all kinds of things. Of course, there was the kid in the back who was like, I want to be nefarious, right? And I was like, okay, well, <laughs> people will not forget you. But there, that was significant because we had this conversation. If you want to be known as generous or you want to be known as faithful or you want to be known as dependable or whatever that word is, well, what are you doing today to start becoming that? Because guess what? You don't magically wake up on your 100th birthday, <laughs> And all of a sudden, just be like, whoop, here it is. And here I am, right? You start using your time now to become that and to start acting like that person that already is that. And that's where that intention for sure comes in and not waiting. Because who knows? God may take me tomorrow, right? I mean, I don't have any guarantees of how much time I have left on this earth and what that's going to look like. But I can choose what I do with it.
0: Mm, Very good.
2: I love that.
1: Can you share this? What is the number one thing that will change how we feel about our time?
2: Ah, uh, okay. So grabbing those thoughts, right? The There's never enough time. And here's what I hear most often, especially from ladies. But, you know, Tim, I think you probably can resonate with this as well. That so often it's like, well, there's never time left over for me, right? Yeah. Like, I
0: want to stay up later and later to try to get some time that I can do what I want to do.
2: Yeah. But by that time, depending on what you're doing, unless you're just binging something on Netflix, you're probably not going to get much value out of it if you really wanted to focus on something. Yeah. Because there's always someone or something that seems to be vying for our attention, whether it's our kids or our families or our spouse or our career or business or church or neighbors or whatever. And again, it's not that those are wrong or bad, but here's what I find. We keep giving, giving, giving. We keep pouring, 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 and we are running on empty. And, you know, I want you to imagine, I mean, right now we're in the Midwest, both of us, and it's wintertime almost, and so it's not hot outside, right? But when it was summertime, like if one of your kids were to come to you and be like, ah, dad, I am so thirsty. I've been running around outside, right? And he like totally wants a drink and he like reaches his glass out to you and you pick up your pitcher, and you go to pour into his cup and you are you got like maybe a drip or two, right? Like your pitcher is empty. No matter how much you want to fill his cup, you can't because you literally have nothing to give, right? And so often I hear people, especially parents or especially Christians who feel like I should always be pouring out. They're like, well, it's selfish to think about me. It's selfish to fill myself up. And yes, it can be taken to that extreme. But here's the thing. If I could have filled my pitcher so that I could have poured into my child's cup when they came, you know, desperate for that cup of water or whatever it was they wanted, it would be selfish for me not to fill up so that I could pour out. And so really, it's helping people to see it's not selfish to fill you up. And I think it needs to happen first. Because here's the two things you need to know. Number one, time will always fill itself with something. So if you don't make time for something, it will get filled with something else, right? And probably one of those shuns is going to fill it. But number two, if you're waiting around for it to just happen, for it just to be there, you know, then it's not going to be. And so we have to fill up before we can pour out. And so that is probably the biggest thing that I work, especially with women around, because we're so used to pouring out all day long. Is how do you fill your cup first? What is it that your body, mind, spirit needs so that you can pour into these relationships? You can pour into this volunteer project. You can pour into this business or this thing in your community or whatever it is that God's called you to. And how do we make time for that first and not feel guilty that we're not doing something for somebody else like we think we should?
0: And for sure, I think you just spoke into the heart of all those people pleasers and perfectionists out there who are always constantly pushing themselves into the red zone and never stopping to let the engine kind of cool down and just be able to be in a better place themselves. Because I do think what you're saying is totally true that taking some time and really giving yourself, nourishing yourself, feeding yourself is definitely vitally important for you to be able to continue on to help other people. But then what happens too, is people who are constantly giving because they're not taking any time for themselves is that they oftentimes then end up becoming bitter givers. They may still be giving, but they're doing it from a place of bitterness, feeling like they're forced to because their needs haven't been met. And then that causes them to feel just that kind of really upset and begrudging giving as opposed to joyful giving if they would just take a little bit of time to recharge themselves then they could be much more joyful givers
2: yeah it's like when you're hangry right like if i have not had food and my husband or my kids come around and they want something i mean who knows what's going to come out of my mouth if those needs have not been met first right and so then very often we're hurting the people around us and here's what i find It's so interesting because we think we have to push to the max every minute that we have in our day. And we're really pushing those boundaries and those limits. I actually have an episode coming out soon about you are not limitless and your time is not limitless. So stop trying to fight against it and embrace it, right? But we keep pushing, pushing, pushing. And then what happens? We start dropping balls. We start, you know, spilling the milk and then we've got a big mess to clean up or we've got to go back and fix something because, you know, we pushed so far that we really were not able to do it in the way that we should have or could have. And that just costs us more time and energy in the long run, right? It's when we're not efficiently, our mind and body working the way that they should be. And here's the thing that I also teach that is very different from what you'll hear. A lot of people talk about that morning time, right? You'll hear the 5 a.m. club or the miracle morning. And like, you know, a lot of people are like, yep, I get up, I have my quiet time or I do my exercise or whatever that is. And that is amazing. And yes, keep doing that. That I think is is paramount in your day. But I also challenge people about how do you end your day? Because one of two things I find either happens, either A, you are working up until the time you go to bed. Well, guess what? It is really hard to turn off your brain to get your body into that restful sleep if you've been keyed up in front of a screen working on something, you know, trying to produce or, you know, doing laundry and, and dishes and whatever up until the time you go to bed. Like, it's just, you need that time to recharge. Just like, you know, at some point in your day, you have to plug in your phone because the battery gets down to the point where it's not going to function anymore if you don't, right? Right. And so what do we do? We plug it in, but we don't plug ourselves in. But here's the mistake we make. We think, oh, well, I do that. I stop work at like whatever time or I stop doing chores or whatever it is. And then, yeah, what are we doing? We're on our phone scrolling for hours or binging something. Is that really refilling? I mean, maybe if you guys decide we're doing a date night and we're going to watch this fun show together that we love, I could just see you guys like laughing over the show or whatever. Like, yes, that would be refilling screen time. But for the most part, most of us, we end our day with things that are just void. They're just taking up time, right? They're not refilling us. And I truly think that is just as important as what we do first thing in the morning because that gets us ready for rest and prepares us for the next day.
1: Yeah, I can really relate to what you're saying as far as your time is not limitless. You are not limitless. And I think a lot of times as moms and as women, we do feel like, you know, we're burning the midnight oil and...
0: We should be able to do it all.
1: Right, right that should, right? That should statement where we have it just kind of seared into our brain. And then there's guilt and shame and all these things that happen. But I love that example of like your child coming to you and pouring from the empty cup. And no matter how much you desire that, because I desire that I desire to be limitless and give my kids 100% all the time and give Tim 100%, give God 100%. But in reality, that's not the case. You know I'm not limitless and I have to realize my limitations and then lean into christ when i don't have anything less you know it says
2: when we are weak then he is strong and i think i love that visual that you gave yeah it's so true seek him first right and all these other things will be added to you but we want to chase after all the other things and here's the interesting thing about what i call kingdom math people already feel like 24 hours is not enough in their day and then i tell them well you got to take like an hour in the morning and then maybe an hour in the evening to refill so now they're like Lisa. If I got to sleep and I just gave up two more hours, you're like really making my time short. But here's the thing is when you fill up in the way that we're called to, we can better pour out all day long. Like you can exponentially accomplish more when you are filled up and when you are ready for what it is that you're called to versus just trying to push through and trying to force and trying to make it happen. And I love that we're having this conversation like right at the new year, you know, because you guys just did some episodes about, you know, like looking back on the past year and there's such, growth that happens when we look back and we reflect. And yet, I think you hit on something, Ruth, just a minute ago, we feel this guilt about what we didn't do. And so what do we do? We look at the new year, and we're like, I'm going to do this, 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 like we have our laundry list of all our goals, all our to do's, all our whatever. And then we just want to like cram every minute of the day with something to feel productive and feel better about ourselves. And guess what, you're going to burn out within the first couple of days or weeks if you even make it that far. So how do we slow down and say, I don't have to do it all. I don't have to change the world in every single area right now. I'm just called to be faithful with my time with where I am right now. And what does that look like? Instead of trying to do everything and end up doing nothing, like just doing the most important things and being okay with that. like you said, letting go of the guilt and the shame and the shoulda, woulda, couldas of everything else that everyone else is around you doing, or you think you should be doing and just lean in, right? And let God lead to where that time needs to be spent.
0: I think an interesting thing happens too. If you are able to, And to take some time and to sharpen your axe and to just pour into yourself a little bit, I think what happens is that then your actions become much more streamlined and then you get more and better work done when you're actually doing the work. But people oftentimes get afraid to take that time to sharpen their axe. They think they're wasting time. But really, you have to have some downtime in order to really put your nose to the grindstone and get that work done. But it can be scary for people to stop.
2: So true, so true. And so often we're pushing, pushing, pushing. It's right, it's like head down. I'm just looking at my feet. I'm not really noticing. You ever have that like thing where all of a sudden you look up and you're like, whoa, how did I get here? You know, because if we've been so head to the grindstone, I'm just gonna go, 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 we're not always paying attention to where is this actually taking me? And is this really where I want to go? And what if something, you know, was a different opportunity that I just missed? Or what if, you know, there was somebody along the road that could help me, you know, so it's not all on me. Yeah, and so we've got to be aware and, yeah, right, taking the time to sharpen our axe because you'll get a whole lot more done when it's sharp than if you just keep chopping away.
0: Yeah, it's really hard to chop down a tree with, when the axe turns into a baseball bat.
2: Very true, very true. Yeah, and I think for me, probably this
1: last two weeks, Tim has definitely had to encourage me to slow down, right, the idea of slowing down to speed up because I I feel like I'm really good with knives and I am safe in the kitchen But in the last two weeks, maybe even within a week, I cut my finger twice with one of his like gigantic cleavers (laughs) and I was just moving so fast. We've just had a lot of things, but a lot of good things, a lot of Christmas things. You know, we want to see the lights here. We have some friends in town, a lot going on. And Tim just kind of pulled me aside and said, I think you're doing too much. And that's kind of the story of our lives where he balances me and I pull him out, right? But- I can certainly feel that where I felt like there's just so much good that's happening. But like you said, to prioritize and really look at like what is important this year. All right, you guys, I hate to do this, but we're going to stop there on today's episode. I hope you've already been blessed by all that Lissa's had to share, but we're not done yet. That was only half of our time together. So we're going to continue this in the next episode. So tune in as we continue talking about you can't pour from empty. Have a great day and remember, your mind is a powerful thing. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. We hope that you enjoyed today's episode and found it helpful. If so, would you take 30 seconds and share it with a friend? Also, we'd love for you to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It lights us up to know that this podcast is helping you.
0: If you have any questions or a topic you'd like discussed in future episodes, visit our Facebook group. Just click the link in the description below. Although we are mental health providers, this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide diagnosis or treatment. If you are struggling with persistent mental health issues, chronic marital issues, or feeling hopeless or suicidal, you are not alone. Help is available. Please seek professional help or call the National Suicide Hotline at 988.
1: Thank you again for joining us on Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. Remember, there's always hope and there's always help.